Evan, tell us about your shirt again. Well, this is my Silence of the Lambs shirt from Creepy Company. Uh, it has the Death's Head moth as well as lotion in a basket. It's a nice shade of blue. It I is like this shade of blue. Distinctly a patterned shirt that it's like t- a textile mm-hmm. yeah. of a lotion in a basket. <laughs> it's fantastic. Thank you. Welcome to the Super Hot Bad Guy Podcast, where we discuss alluring villains and why we find them so sexy. We cover foes and scoundrels of all genders from our favorite films and TV, whether it's action, romance, comedy, sci-fi, or good old horror. We're getting hot for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> uh, we're your hosts, Markella Dykefist. Natasha Baptiste. And Eric's not here today. No. No. Eric is getting married, so he is on a sabbatical right now. Uh, he's going to have like a summery backyard wedding, and I think the attire was like 70s beach. Yeah. Lake yeah, house. Like... Beach house. Yeah. Yeah. I pictured like the thatched chairs. So- sounds like white people bullshit to me. Yeah. So this is Evan, <laughs> our guest. Oh, hi. Um, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Evan J. Peterson. And what do you do for us here in Seattle? Oh, sorry. Without doing plugs necessarily, just tell us who you are. I am an author and a professor, and I uh, I produce a, a series or two in the community. Very active Ooh. in horror. Are these film and... series? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. And we are covering uh, The Hunger today. This was your pick, Evan. Right. Um... Aside from our titular villain, can you say a little bit why you love this movie so much? It's one of the few vampire movies that really builds the vampires as characters. I love everything they go through, the struggles around being immortal or not. Mm-hmm. And I love the premise of basically the, the big catch to immortality uh, that's explored in the film. Plus, it's just so stylish. It oh, yeah. really is. It's Tony Scott's first film. He was doing music videos, and boy, can you tell. Oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> People just smoke from the beginning of the movie to the end. It <laughs> yeah. is a smoking movie. Um, it reminds me a lot of his brother's work. I will get to that. Um, I almost forgot. Because you're a guest, sidetrack, sidebar. Okay. We're going to play the, eleva- uh, the elevator game. That is when, um, when we have a guest, we want to take their temperature on um, what kind of... Uh, in the mouth or in the butt? Both. Okay. It's actually whatever you prefer, because that's part of the game. Yay! So, we take your temperature um, by asking you if you are stuck in a pretty good-sized elevator, say like a hospital elevator, <laughs> um, the kind you can get gurneys into and in, in, in and out of, if you are stuck in there with three villains from any genre and... Also, we open this up to books, plays, any form of media. What three villains would you love to be trapped in an elevator with and why? Okay. Well, you know, I'm trying to think who 
There's got to be one that comes to mind. Well, Dorian right Gray. Okay. Always Dorian Gray. Which version? Uh, I'd say I'd say the novel. I Fair. Love, I love Ben Barnes as Dorian Gray. Okay. Al- although he was he was awfully he was awfully slim. You know, <laughs> like I I expect Dorian Gray to be better fed. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, villains. I mean, you know, villains are in the eye of the beholder. Probably Jadis, the White Witch of Narnia, but it, it would need to be the Tilda Swinton Jadis. I was just about to ask if Jadis is the Tilda Swinton witch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because I can't, I can't do Madame Blanc from the the reboot of Suspiria, because she's she's too good. She's not villainous enough. She's not. You're right. It. She's one of those black and white villains. You're never sure if you should be calling her that towards the end of the film. You know, I'm sure she's responsible for the deaths of some of those girls. But... Oh, uh, and the third, I'm pretty sure, would be Frankenstein's monster. Who I don't think of as a villain, but clearly he's the antagonist in that From novel. the original yeah. films or the book? From the book. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have a conversation with him. I've so never... So he would need to be loquacious, like in the novel. I have never read that book. Perhaps Frankenstein's so good. Okay. So good. I should. You know, the Hollywood goes for the low-hanging fruit and makes makes the moral of the story to be don't play God. But in my reading of it, especially knowing how political the Shelleys were, I think Mary Shelley's thesis is no human being is born evil. We learn evil from each other. Poor Frankenstein's monster. I know. Yeah. Okay, those are really adorable answers. Um, I'm trying to think of all of them in the same room, though. Like, Frankenstein's monster and Dorian Gray might get along, but the the witch, Tilda Swinton's white witch lady. I think she's the odd man out. She would just be, like, sitting in a corner, like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, the three of them together, it's like rock, paper, scissors, right? Yeah. You know, uh, Frankenstein's monster does not have time for Dorian's bullshit, she would probably be nice to the monster. Probably. But she would be manipulative. Oh, yeah. And she would tolerate Dorian she... as long as he could do something for her. But Dorian would be completely gaga over Jadis. He would just think that she is well, the she hottest. She manipulate both of them. I yeah. was going to say, she'd probably manipulate mm-hmm. you. Probably. Oh, <laughs> should I do fuck, Mary kill? Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, definitely fuck Dorian Gray. Okay. Probably... Goodness. I mean, I, I love <laughs> Frankenstein's monster. Like, I have to choose which one to kill and which one to marry. I feel like Frankenstein's monster is a much better listener than Jadis. Yeah. But, I mean, she's the fucking queen of Narnia, so I, I yes. probably would just go for the selfish route. And Plus, I think that Frankenstein... Is heartless. <laughs> well, Frankenstein's monster, I think, also wants to be dead. So, okay. You so just... maybe I'd be doing him a favor. You yeah. did, like, an ultimate elimination round. That's something we've never had before. It was yeah. a mercy killing. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. Well, that, I mean, when, when you bring me in, you get what you pay for. <laughs> You're paying me in wine. So. We are. Okay, so back to this lovely film, The Hunger, from 1983. Three. Yeah. Boy, does it show. Oh, yeah. Like, you could really see... I mean, this is a, a specific type of style that this movie was going for, but it just oh, yeah. reeked of, like, 70s trying to go hard into the 80s. Mm-hmm. It was Oof. pretty crazy. Yeah, it's a Bauhaus yeah. movie. It's you know, a what? 
a Bauhaus movie. Yes. It opens with Bauhaus, and it's it's, yeah. it's absolutely that moment where glam rock turns into goth punk. Yeah. I forgot that fucking song was in this movie. Oh, I it's, really liked that. It's a song. Have you heard it before? The yeah, the song, song from the, the beginning of the yeah. movie? No, not before this movie. I always have it on my playlist on Spotify, and I just forgot that it was in this film, and it just made everything. I liked all the music for this movie, actually. Mm-hmm. There's a little Iggy Pop. If we're going to go into music, oh god, oh, I forgot the name. I think it's the song that plays when there's two people making love, and it's a very pretty, like, classical, oh, yeah. like, the women that are like, oh, oh, oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's Lock Me. Yes. That song I heard in The Hunger, the day after that, I watched Piranha 3D, and they play that song as a joke when there's two girls underwater, um, naked, swimming together. Yeah. It's a really darker song. <laughs> yeah. Girls gone. There's like two girls gone wild. Yeah, and they play that song as a joke. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh, that's hilarious! Am, am I allowed to say "dikey" as a gay person? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You know what? In some parts of America, people don't like to use the word "queer" because they think it's highly offensive. So we're in Seattle, and we understand that that word is okay mm-hmm. here. So it all depends on where you're from, I think. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm saying yes. Great. Great. <laughs> No offense to my sisters. <laughs> oh, can I also point out really quick? We're finally doing like a female villain for our podcast because we've done five episodes in a row of male presenting villains. And I'm sitting here like watching you and Eric like pick different characters that are all male. And I'm like, <laughs> there's vaginas too. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so um, thank you, Evan. For... You're so welcome. Okay, so let's get back into the movie. So you earlier had started to talk about um, that this is Tony Scott, which is the brother of Ridley Scott. And he made he made quite a few films and then uh, tragically uh, killed himself mm-hmm. a few years back. But yes, he's the brother of Ridley Scott. Yeah. Um, very similar taste. Mm-hmm. He also... So you were talking about the use of, of Lakme during... Mm-hmm. Uh, female female sex sequence yeah so tony scott then went on to direct top gun yes which has that ultra erotic volleyball montage (laughs) and so and so at one point tony scott was the director of the most widely favored lesbian sex scene of the 80s and the most widely favored homoerotic athletics scene of the 80s i have watched top gun four times now with those thoughts in mind and i just don't see a lot as as a as a as a woman i just don't see a lot of the homoeroticism that i see in like other movies like Mm. american made for instance which is also a tom cruise film it's newer it has donald gleason in it and caleb landry jones that movie is so gay. <laughs> Way gayer than Top Gun. I don't know. And well, no one's ever said that out loud. I think I'm the first person in the whole world to ever say that American Made is super gay. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Oh, yeah. It's super gay. I think, so my first note for this movie is Marble Slabs. Also, I think Tony Scott probably got that from his brother because uh, Ridley Scott... He did a movie called Someone to Watch Over Me, which is New York City also. And it's just buildings with just massive marble slabs. 
It's one of my favorite things about the hunger. Just, I mean, I guess all the visuals, but just, you know, the clothing, the settings. She, she wears that rhinestone, the villain. Yes. (laughs) She wears that rhinestone studded lizard pin. Yeah. That lapel pin, which is longer than a dick. It's humongous. I love pins, pin. like brooches and stuff, so oh, I totally yeah, caught that. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's just everything was so over the top. It was great. You've been really quiet so far. How did you feel about this movie, Natasha? I was thinking about you when I was watching it. <laughs> I was, I was like, I liked it, but then I was like, why? Nothing was really explained. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where? You got like one little snippet of where she came from. There's no explanation of why she carries their bodies with her. Other than, like, maybe she loves them. But I was like, mm, I don't know. You lie to them about living forever, so you're not alone. You're codependent at best. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so we're, we're not supposed to talk about We're it. edging oh, a okay. little bit. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I definitely want to talk about her codependency. Oh, but... Um, cross the edge. But other than that, <laughs> I'm a weirdo, and I like sounds in movies, so them walking around, I was like, this is great. Yeah. It was just like a lot of click clacking around. Mm-hmm. Um, Empty house. Oh my God. It had nothing <laughs> in it. I also really liked how they played classical music together and I liked the songs that they played. <laughs> That's just like a really chill couple. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, they're that New York couple that like lives in a townhouse or what is it called? A brownstone. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. And like, and they marble everywhere and these like antique furniture. And, like, they're, even their bedroom and all that fucking flowing, like, curtain shit this everywhere. Curtains, the movie. Oh, yes. my God. It's so <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminded me of that music video. Um, fuck, what Total was that song? of the Heart. Yes. yes. <laughs> Where it was just, like, nothing but flowy curtains and yeah. doves. Yes. Like, yes. It's yes. when she was in the attic and I was like, God, where are all these fucking birds coming from in her house? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. But this movie was so 80s. Oh my god. And Susan Sarandon's apartment. So, like, I was like, so the lighting in your bathroom is blue. Blue neon <laughs> in her bathroom. And then the kitchen, I was like, the lighting in your kitchen is red. <laughs> red lighting. It's, I, I wonder I wonder if Tony Scott was, was going for, like, a Mario Bava Giallo thing. Maybe but, a little bit. It was coming out of the 70s, so probably. Yeah. Yeah. But but it didn't work. No. Like, it's not like it works in Suspiria by Argento. It, it worked for me, eh. but I like a lot of color. Oh, yeah. I was just like, <laughs> how is this functional? <laughs> and she's like, just taking a shower. I'm like, oh my god, you live in this dark house with all these bright lights. Like, how is it so bright and so dark? I mean, I did die. think that that was weird. The blue bathroom, I don't know. My bedroom yeah. is red right now, so I just have a red light bulb. <laughs> I, I will, uh, I do want to add this little bit of context. This is one of the films I've seen that is better than the book. Really? Oh. Yep. Whitley's... You were the first person I've seen say that because I did a lot of research and everybody said the book was better. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> no, Whitley Stryber's book is terrible. Okay. Oh it my God, I've never heard that before. Trash. Okay. Those... Well, well, people don't like the super arty, stylized yeah. nature of the film. Well, and people like to suck their own assholes. Like, they, they always say the book is better than the movie. Like, there's not a single person out there that's just like, I've seen, the movie was so much better than the book. Like, everyone loves to, like, ride that high horse of, 
being intellectual of saying the book was better than the movie when that, you're like it was just a random book i think so, they're like, saying fine. that because of the relationships that are built in the book they go a little differently and i do want to i feel like most of what i want to say is about our titular character so mm-hmm. i'm going to save it but you, you do get into the background of vampire biology and history mm-hmm. but i don't need that is that like is that one of the reasons you didn't like the book or did you like the book I didn't like the book because it was stupid. Okay. <laughs> I read the book because I love the film so much. Yeah. And it just, it, it, something they never address in the film, and I'm glad they don't, is that vampires who are born instead of made, mm-hmm. uh, born vampires are bird-like. Like, they, they have, like, feather-ish type of hair. and Oh. Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, our type of character, <laughs> having been born into vampirism, in ancient Egypt, uh, she has to wear a wig, and I think I think she has to wear human-looking contacts in order to pass for human. It, you know, in, in the film, they kind of gloss over the fact that she was born in Africa, but she's real fucking white. White, yeah. <laughs> Blonde. God. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they did that fucking flashback when she was in Egypt, and I'm like, ugh. Like, it's just like <laughs> her on top of this, like, black woman, like, go away. <laughs> I have so much to say about this later on. Okay. Can we talk about David Bowie? Yes. Yes, please. He is canceled. Do you guys agree? I actually have not been paying attention to why. What? When did this happen? Well, I don't. I can't remember if it was like he like forced himself on just like women, or if he forced himself on like someone underage or something. But it was stuff like that. Here's the just like kissing people without asking, and I mean it's David Bowie. I know. I know, that's why I'm ignoring it, kind of, because I'm like, I was so sad when he passed, and I always knew he would be, like, I grew up knowing that when he would pass away, I would be so devastated, and I was, and I hear this stuff, and I just, I take it in, Mm -hmm. and I can say, yeah, he's canceled, but I haven't bothered to read about why. I don't know what else has come up, but when he died, there were people on Facebook, who I've since unfriended, uh, who said things like, why are people saying David Bowie's a hero? He raped a child. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And, okay. Here... <sighs> just set his wine glass down. <laughs> I'm a sexual assault survivor. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and talk on this topic. Okay. The woman who people say he raped when she was 14 has gone on the record saying, I am so proud of the fact I lost my virginity to David Bowie. Yes, we were on drugs. Yes, I was 14 and he was like 24. I have zero regrets. I am so proud of myself. Right. She was a pro groupie. And right. I think it's I think it's really nasty for people who need something to be mad about to try to turn her into a victim when that's not her narrative. Her narrative yeah. is, I fucked David Bowie. What have you yeah. done lately? It's, it's yeah. healthy to hear her side. I think the people that are upset are just saying like, he was an adult and he did make this decision. Did he not know her age or something? I mean, of course he did. He wasn't probably like, I'm going to fuck this 14-year-old. I, <laughs> you know, as simultaneously a huge David Bowie fan and an assault survivor, I choose to see the situation as, like, it's a it's a patriarchy thing. Like, they were in a, they were in a system that allows... Bad stuff to happen. Yeah. Men, grown men, to have sex with underage girls. 
Like yeah. they were part of that patriarchal system. So I'm angry at the system mm-hmm. rather than David Bowie himself. Yeah, it's it's touchy because like with David Bowie specifically, I feel like a lot of people still truly love him, but there is a great deal of people that are like, like I, I'm on a, a, a Seattle vegan Facebook page and there is a vegan David Bowie themed restaurant that just opened on Capitol Hill. And oh, it, technically it, we're yeah. not allowed to talk about it. It's called like... Life on Mars? It's called Life on Mars. Okay. And all their food is vegan there. And um, it's a bar, a restaurant. And technically we're not allowed to bring up the restaurant. It's like a, they like made a thing that was like, because it's David Bowie based, like apparently shouldn't really be talking about it on Facebook because it's a touchy subject. So. Uh, <laughs> this I is think like Fox News for is, liberals. Oh, yeah. I hate it. Fox News for I liberals. I feel like context is really huge as well. Because it would be hugely different if it was like a Michael Jackson thing where you're grooming parents and right. taking children, or an R. Kelly thing where you're also grooming parents and like having sex cults, and like one girl one night meeting her like idol and doing what we all wish we could have done with our idol, which is fuck them. Yeah, I think there's just there's just such a huge difference between like being around someone for months and then them making you believe that that's that the secret you're supposed to hold and do and like being able to go backstage and fuck your idol and she was 14 which like we were all 14 and thought we were grown yeah and making decisions we shouldn't have and (laughs) i think it's also i think it's also very cultural like when the first r kelly scandal came out about the video of him urinating on a girl who was like 14 (laughs) i lost it for him with the aliyah with the aliyah thing and then when he pissed on a girl i'm like how does he still have fans? Like, how is well, that still a thing? <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's a cultural perspective because several of my working class black friends were like, oh, that girl knew what she was doing. Whatever. Mm, there's a huge difference between, like, having sex with your idol and him peeing on you in a room full of adults. Oh, totally. You guys oh, totally. know more about this than I do. Was she, like, super into it and still is? Well, I her mom know. claims that she was. But, like, I I was like, she was in a room full of adults where they all filmed him peeing on her. Yeah, it's that's, weird. Yeah, like, it's, it's a weird. different line. It's very weird. <laughs> it's a different line entirely. If my- if, was she of age? No, she was 15. Okay, well, then also, I can't say anything. Also, getting back to Bowie, so further context, uh, this this woman who does not consider herself a victim, even though Facebook really needs her to be a victim for them to feel good about themselves, mm-hmm. uh, it was also a three-way with her best friend. So if I recall the details correctly, so you had two teenage girls sharing David Bowie while on coke or whatever they and were on. this is and we all have to presume this is true what yeah. other proof do we have other than her word mm-hmm. also yeah. <laughs> like yeah. he's dead he yeah. can't say yes or no that this actually happened you know it wasn't like it wasn't like requiem for a dream ass to ass or anything like that it was, it was... <laughs> oh, poor jennifer <laughs> oh my god that movie so um yeah no i will say um I very clearly remember my teenage years. If I had had an experience with someone when I was underage and it was a positive one, I would probably still to this day be like, I was not taken advantage of. I would probably be in her position saying those things. And yeah, at the time, I know when I was a teenager, I didn't think an age difference was a big deal. Yeah, no one did. Your older love interest was Mm -hmm. always just like, you did not care. Like it, you didn't mm-hmm. see like 
why being like 17 and dating someone who's 30 is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think, I think those older men are losers. Oh, they are. Well, and that's why people are upset. They're saying, why would David Bowie want to be with someone 14? That's the problem. It's not her not knowing if she wants to be with him or not. Mm -hmm. It's about him choosing to be with someone that young. That's the issue that people have. Oh, yeah. That is the problem. And then again, it goes back to the time period and patriarchy at that time. It was the 70s. Literally whatever you wanted. Okay, so what I meant, I was probably the one that brought this up. What I meant to say was... Um, um, <laughs> okay, so, um, what I meant to bring up was, let's talk about David Bowie in the movie. Yay! Yes. Isn't he hot? <laughs> so hot. So hot. Like, he opens up this woman's legs, and it's, like, insane. Most porn doesn't look that good. No. No. Like, that was such a good shot. Yeah. <laughs> that was really good, actually. And that woman, like, wasn't even that attractive, but she had no. really nice legs. Also, a lot I thought of- she had really good boobs. She had a nice body. Yeah. Um, her guy, I can't remember what he looked like. He's he looked, okay. He looked kind of slimy. Yeah, okay. he did. He didn't look goth. He looked no. like... Yeah, he I felt like... Slimy. I felt like the guy on the couch with the lady was, like, not as interesting as, like, the guy in the kitchen with the lady with the nice legs. Yeah. Oh, is, yeah. like, the scene that they I They looked getting. like... <laughs> like, Rizzo and... Who's the guy from Greece? The other guy from... The guy. The oh, guy from Greece. Danny? The guy. Like, well, not Danny, but whoever she... Did, wasn't she pregnant in the oh, Greece? Oh, Kaniki? Yeah. The she Kinnicky. literally looked like Kaniki and her yeah. chi- love child. Yes. That's what she looked like. And she was just dating someone that was, like, her father. I was like, who are these <laughs> random Jersey people in New York? We're totally, totally <laughs> from New Jersey. That's oh, the joke. Yes. <laughs> And they drove them out to their to their ocean so their ma- front. Oh, and I could just hear their like nasally ass voices, like as they walk. Morty, look at this house. Like, yeah. and that's why they have to die. die. And they're like, yeah, we gotta kill them tonight. For me, she the the female victim reminds me a lot of Little Nell as Columbia in Rocky Horror. Oh, I'd have to go back yeah. and watch it. It's weird I didn't pick up on that because I was just obsessed mm-hmm. with that last mm-hmm. month. Dr. Frankenfurter, super hot bad guy. I know. Did you listen to our episode? You don't Not have yet. to. I okay. would like to. Okay. It's good. Yeah. It's it's a, one of our best. <laughs> um, oh, it had better be. It's good. Um, John starts to age. I just want to g- give our characters' names mm-hmm. now. So David Bowie's character is John. John Blaylock. Blaylock. Yeah. Gross. He takes her name. Can I just? Yes. <laughs> Is that her name? Yes. <laughs> I think I think we're led to assume that. Yeah. She is the queen vampire. So yeah. I've had Blaylock stuck in my head for like four days now, like a song. Mm-hmm. Because I don't like it. I think it's a silly name. It's our second name we've done on the podcast that I can't stand. The other one was Gru- uh, Gruber. Oh! Hans, Hans, Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. I hate that name, Gruber. I hate it. It's, you know. I hate Blaylock, but I can't stop saying it. Mm-hmm. That's how they get you. It's yeah. not a sexy name. That's no, how, not at all. That's how you end up in a vampire's kitchen with your legs spread, getting your throat drunk. Blaylock? Blaylock. Yeah. Blaylock. I always want there to be, like, Harker and Blaylock rare books. I'm be- Yeah, because that yeah. sounds like a fun, goofy... Yeah. But it's not, like, a sexy vampire name. No. It's almost like Mrs. Peacock from Clue. Blaylock yeah. sounds like a, like a character from Clue. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, what else? Susan's character is uh, Sarah? Yep. Sarah Roberts. Sarah Roberts. That's a nice name. Yeah. I mean, it's a really 
like generic cracker name. It's fine. Yeah. I think I like the Roberts more than the Sarah. Okay. Natasha, do you notice in this movie, is this, was this your first time watching it? Yeah. Okay. Did you notice they don't talk about, they don't use any words like lesbian or bisexual in the movie? No. And they also don't use the word vampire. Right. They, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. They, they just, it just is what it just it is. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. I actually like that about so artistic. this movie. <laughs> yeah. Apparently that's what art is, is, is not explaining every fucking thing to your audience. (laughs) And not having to. And also when it came to, we can at least talk about Sarah right now, like the way she presents herself, it seems like the whole time she is this very like femme butch person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very Bowie-esque. And even what, I want to say even with her job, even though... It's weird to say that now, but I think in the early 80s, it's like if you have a woman with short hair that's like a researcher that's in charge of like science stuff, Mm -hmm. you're already putting a woman in like more of a role that's not normally for women back Mm -hmm. for back then. Yeah. She's a pretty powerful female character. I was also kind of surprised that their boss was some random black guy with dreads. I was like, all right. He had dreads? (laughs) He had braids or something. Was he their boss? Like when Bowie came in, he was he was like kept wanting to ask. He kept asking for Doctor Whoever, who was like the black guy with dreads. Was his hair like in a ponytail? Uh, yeah, it was braids or something. Hold on one second. That is, I forget the actor's last name, Rufus something. He was also one of the Transylvanians in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! I know who you're talking about. He's like tall. He's that's the, the, only the only black only guy feature. in the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I thought there was like two. There is a black woman. There's two black women. I thought there was like two black men. I don't think there is. Okay. No. Well, I remember. I definitely mm-hmm. remember because he's very apparent in mm-hmm. the scene. Um, I think Hot Patootie. Yeah. When they're like running around and uh-huh. he's like super <clears throat> tall. There are, there are actually a lot of really strange connections between the Rocky Horror Picture Show well, and The Hunger. Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Rufus. The guy. name? Collins. Rufus Collins. Thank you. Um, Pierre LaRoche, who was David Bowie's Ziggy Stardust makeup artist, was the makeup artist for Frankenfurter. Sounds familiar. Pierre LaRoche. Okay. Frankenfurter. Oh, the makeup artist? Yep, that's why Ziggy Stardust and Frankenfurter have somewhat similar makeup. I was just talking about like that makeup job mm-hmm. in the last podcast. It was so 70s. Did you ever watch the Monster Club? They have makeup like that in that movie. I've told you to watch it a thousand times. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Monster Club. Yeah. I I had to I had to like go through my Rolodex of monster movies. I it's love a Monster big, Club. It's a big name. Monster Club is so stupid and oh, yet I just love it. With, with the shad mock that if he whistles, you'll catch on fire. Your face you. falls off. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yeah, I have that movie memorized okay. by heart. I'm not going to start I, in on it. If I yeah. whistle, if I whistle your pussy will melt right off. Oh my gosh. Right off so your body. The makeup job, I believe, for one of the bands that play in that mm, film, mm-hmm. has, there's a lot of people in the 70s having that very similar makeup. Yep. Uh, anyway, I loved it. I'm a fan of him. I didn't realize I, I'm not a big fan of light-skinned people with a dark lip, but no one seems to care. Oh, that's why I'm wearing this lipstick right now. That's not a dark lip. 
It's red. Like it's it is. Dark. Yeah, that's a great. That's a great red. I yeah. was driving here wanting to be like, I'm not a fan of people that don't look good with lipstick wearing lipstick. <laughs> I'll bring that up later when we start ta- when we when our edging is over. But I am wearing red lipstick right now in protest because I look horrible. <laughs> I think you look great. Yeah, especially um, considering good. like your stuff that you're trying to work out right now behind the scenes. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you look you look healthy. You look happy. You look yeah. vibrant. I'll you probably do. mention that in our next podcast when things have settled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, oh, so and so on Sarah's clothing again. Like I just found it. I was like laughing hysterically when Sarah comes to the door later on in the film and she goes to the, what was that? The brownstone? Yeah. The yeah. apartment. Brownstone. Um, and she's wearing like a fucking white t-shirt. Mm-hmm. With like, no bra underneath. With no, no bra. bra. Yeah. She knew what she was doing. And yeah. I was like... Just like that 14-year-old that fucked David Bowie. <laughs> she knew what she was doing. I felt like I was watching, like, a sexy Porky's type movie. Like, yeah. this is the lesbian. Which, and she's she's not, like, the lesbian, but... Yeah. You know, that's another thing mm-hmm. I saw online was a lot of people just celebrating this as, like, a lesbian vampire movie. And it's so obvious that that's... It's not that they're lesbians. Yeah. But I think what happens is... People are just excited about this relationship that happens in the film. Mm -hmm. And when you're excited about two women being together, you just happen Mm -hmm. to be, like, excitedly say, like, yay, lesbians. When Mm -hmm. she definitely wasn't lesbian. Yeah, I don't think it's meant... definitely liked both. (laughs) They both did. I mean, they 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 both both had dudes. Very much liked both. And she had forever other women and other men. Yeah. Bisexual erasure. Yeah. Forevered them. She forevered them. Can I start using that now? Mm-hmm. Oh, other hashtag things? forevered. I've just forevered it. Although I did hate those scenes. Forever and ever. Oh my god, yes. Forever and ever. I Ugh. will... Barf. I, I, I have so much to talk about after we... Oh, and the close-ups on their edging. kissing? In the Barf. shower? Oh, all Her of it. David Bowie? Literally every scene. Like, when yeah. he was in the kiss in the kitchen kissing and he was like doing this weird like bait tongue thing. Yeah, And it was yeah. like super close-up. Was it was it the lady from the beginning, or was it she who shall not be named yet? There was a scene where David Bowie's kissing some lady, and he like goes in like tongue first, and it's really close up. And I was like, "Whoa!" I think that's the lady in the kitchen. I feel like that's crazy. Literally every scene where they mm-hmm. where David Bowie was kissing someone, I was like, "Why does it look so fucking awkward?" Like everything reminded me of like dating in college. What if that's how David Bowie kisses? Like, you know, just real, like, aggressive and awkward. Just like, bleh. It's also just the style of that of the movie, which I am going to yeah. complain a little bit about this film. Um, yes, it is absolutely beautiful, and I love visually everything about it, but I wrote a letterbox review, and I had said, if I could force myself to like any movie, it would be this one. <laughs> because I really don't like all, like, the... What do you call that when you're when you're doubling two scenes together and you keep cutting in between? Oh, that sucked. Oh, it God. went on for too long, and mm. they did it a couple times. Yeah, and I, it was a lot. When you say that Tony Scott came from making music videos, there's a lot of parallel montage. I don't That's what like I would call it. That. I don't yeah. like it, and I don't like super like romancy movies. I don't like rom coms. I don't like romance movies. I like romantic thrillers. I like dark, sexy movies. 
But the hunger seems to ride this line of like dark and sexy and just like delicate and romantic. And maybe that's what bothers me about it. It's mm. just so like, mm, let's roll around and hug each other. Yeah. Well, the the <laughs> the femme femme sex scene is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. Is, is this what straight men think it's women a, do with each other? It's a lot. Yeah. Yes. They didn't even comb their hair. They didn't comb each other's hair. No. That's like the num- lesbian sex number one is you comb each other's hair before and after. Yeah. It's like smoking. <laughs> I think got that all wrong. Just, uh, the the you know the light heading. And the, the gentle nipple licking. If someone you know, ever touched yeah. me like that, I would laugh and just leave. <laughs> just, I don't like it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, they kept going back and forth. And in the beginning, I loved it because I was like, oh fuck, this is great. Like, they're in this, like, underground, like, rave thing. Everything's going cool. And then they loved kept, like, it. stopping. And it was, like, rough stops. Going, like, <laughs> oof. Like, going back and forth to just, like... Could you just not do that? Like, if you can't do it correctly? Because, like, it would have been cool if it would have just been, like, a... And then it, like, went to something creepy, went back to the music, went to something creepy, went back to the music. But I'm like, no, this is just, like, rough. Like, you literally just cut parts of another film and put it in there and was just, like, hoping for the best. Um, what did you guys think about that that music student? I thought it was Alice. random. What did because... you... This was your first time watching the movie, so what was your interpretation of that character just overall? I thought it was super random. I didn't understand why she was around and why, like, like what her relationship to them was other than, like, they're her music teachers. Well, she was saying, like, she's been around them for, like, a long time. Yeah, like, he's, like, they're best friends with somebody, with her parents, I'm guessing. She, her parents know them. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing was, like, if you know your daughter's going over to your, that house, like, why didn't we ever see her parents after she went missing? I would they like never... to see her parents, honestly. <laughs> like, if you're going to bring mm-hmm. this character in that literally added or took away nothing from the movie, like, you wouldn't have noticed if she wasn't there. So you read the book, too. I know she's in the book, right? I, I have not read so. the book. I'm just going off of what I read online. I read the book 15 years ago That's and didn't fair. feel the need to read it ever again. <laughs> I'm actually interested in reading it. I, the, the the things I remember from the book, I remember that when Sarah Roberts and her boyfriend Tom are in the shower, she says that his dick looks like a bratwurst, and he says, oh. well, then eat it. And I was like, oh, God, this dialogue. I, yeah. Okay, to be fair, if I had a penis and someone told me that yeah, my I penis looked that. like a bratwurst, I would tell them to eat it. Yes. <laughs> I think you understand what it means to be a man. So it's yeah. <laughs> It's her fault. I'm with I'm with him. Hashtag okay. I'm with him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with Tom. Uh, so Alice as a character, you know, we were just talking about this. It, Miriam is grooming her. Yes. And she's oh. underage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> and you don't really get that in the movie, though. No. But that's definitely what's in the book. Okay. Do you get that in the movie? There is like one line where John says, have you thought about who's to be your next person when I'm gone? Maybe Alice. Oh. Oh. I fucking missed that part. I fucking missed that part too. I mean, <laughs> okay, a well, we quiet said... horror movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, they speak very 
gently. And, and then when Alice like bounces into the house, she's and she's talking to the old man who's John, mm-hmm. and she's talking about John to John. She's like, "Well, I don't really hang out with John that much, but I really love this lady. Oh, yeah, blah, she's, blah, my blah. she's my best friend. Hmm. Hmm. You know what? It's just as gross as the let the right one in. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen that movie, Mm-mm. Natasha? Also about grooming. It's a. Yeah. What country is that movie from? Sweden, I believe. Swedish vampire movie about a vampire that was turned when she was like 10 or 9 or something. Something like that. So she, this va- or I'm calling her a she, but she's like hermaphroditic, I think. Uh, is that I, what it was? Not intersex, but... Uh, they present as a she yes. to get by. Yes, but they, they are a, they're a castrated genetic male. Okay, gotcha. so this vampire who's like a nine, ten-year-old looking girl, like yeah. girl-looking person, she is like thousands of years old, right? And oh. she attaches herself to like um, creepy old men who just like want to take care of children and they have like a sexual rela- relationship. But it's so weird because it's like, because she's thousands of years old, is she the one that's the pedophile? Well, no, I should say they, men. but because she keeps saying like I'm not a girl exactly, but so it's like mm-hmm. they're just like, are they the pedophile or are the men the pedophile? Because it is like a child's body, oh. so it's just this <laughs> the weird relationship of like who's the gross one? Maybe everybody, probably the grown men. And it's not like in the movie they totally like care for them and they're so like father like. Yeah, which makes it even grosser. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I'm being more cross than the movie presents it. The movie's a lot more, like, delicate. If I was 10 or 11 and a vampire of any gender presentation murdered the guys who used to bully me and persecute me, I would run away with them, too. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much team Ellie. Ellie. Ellie, thank you. To yeah. sugar and the Oscar. pot. And team Oscar. To sugar the pot... Uh, they fall for someone that's seemingly their own age, which is like a, a Oscar who's like a mm-hmm. boy that's like nine yeah. to eleven mm-hmm. years old or whatever age they're supposed to be, um, which makes them a pedophile because they're like thousands of years old. Any vampire is a pedophile. Yeah. Tw- Twilight. Hi. How old are you? Three hundred years old. Seven hundred. Mm-hmm. Edward. Twilight is so weird because it's Edward's idea to wait until marriage, right? <laughs> Yeah, he's like, I'll so, wait until you're 18 so you're of age, because I'm like 300 years old. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's very sweet of him. They still make out, though. Yeah. Mormonism is strange. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I read part of the book not knowing it was part of a series, and I was like, this is bullshit. Why is she crying over this dude that doesn't want to fuck her? It's romantic. Move on. <laughs> well, and the Twilight thing is like, you know, Bella Swan has this thing for men who could suddenly have a psychotic break and kill her at any moment who doesn't (laughs) super hot bad guy (laughs) not that people who have psychotic breaks generally kill people they're usually just a danger to themselves yeah um i kind of feel like we could talk about the rest of the movie just oh yeah let's break the let's break the edge okay let's do that because we're getting to the good parts Let's talk about Miriam. Miriam Blaylock. She feeds one day in seven on the unsuspecting, and soon she will turn into something that you will never be able to forget. 
No matter how hard and how long you try, fear her. Let's talk about Miriam Blaylock. Miriam Blaylock. Miriam Ooh. Blaylock. When do you think she devised the name Miriam Blaylock? Was that like in the 20s? It had to be because she's from Egypt. So yeah. Here's my theory. Because she was already with John... Well, Didn't she get with him when they were, like, in the 18, 17, Yeah, I showed them, like, playing violins and shit. Yeah, and they were wearing those wigs and shit. So yeah, They've been together at least 200 years. I read online, Miriam is 6,000 years old. She's been with John for 300 years. Oh. So. Sounds about right. I feel like, because they have the same last name, and Miriam was only prop popular in a certain time frame, I think that they chose those names since they had been together for a while, Miriam Blaylock and John Blaylock sounds like... Well, I feel like you would have to change your name because you live for so long. Yeah. That, like, people are going to just start being like, who is this person that's not dying? So she's like a blonde Caucasian woman, but they only show flashbacks of her in Egypt. Yeah. So maybe she... No, I don't know why... England. But, like, the oldest we see her is, like, ancient Egypt. Yeah, yeah. So in the book, does it... Is she supposed to be... You said she was born in Africa? Egypt. She was born in Egypt because her, like, French parents went to Egypt and had her? <laughs> like... I don't remember. I don't know if that's even addressed. Okay. I mean, they put her in brown face for the Egypt flashbacks in the film. I thought she looked white. I thought she looked super white. I mean, she was. It, they were probably just like, look how tan she is because she's in the. But sunlight. like, she was also on top of a very dark woman. So it's like. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah. I also made the note early on, like, is she actually a villain? And by yes. the end of the film, yeah, she does ride that line. Though, um, we haven't done many villains for the podcast yet that are kind of like the villains that you're supposed to be not sure about you know mm. i'm really waiting for the day we can do herbert west from reanimator Ooh. he is such a villain but like come on we love him <laughs> so she's a villain i mean yeah she's tidy but she leaves destruction in her wake oh, wherever totally. she goes yeah i mean i kind of want to really jump into that but i'm i'm stealing myself for the end because it is a gradual mm -hmm. it is gradual what we learn about her mm -hmm. yeah comes about through what happens to John. Mm -hmm. So I think the first time I saw this movie, I didn't get why he was aging. So let me make sure I understand this. John is aging because that's just this lifespan that humans have when they have this vampire blood in them. Or did she make that happen? Was this something out of her control, Miriam? Yes. So she's just like bummed out. She is she is completely immortal unless she gets murdered uh, because she was born a vampire. Anyone she turns has like two to three hundred years in them and then they degenerate. Start to rapidly. And we're supposed to care about her and feel bad for her because she's just lonely. Well, I think that's that's the big question that the that the film poses. Yeah. You know, are her actions justified? the way that she lies to John and lies to, to, uh... No. Sarah. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Yeah. Well, so, here's my issue. Other vampire movies, basically every vampire movie except for this one, is just about vampires. If they're gonna fall in love with a human, they accept 
They either turn the human into a vampire, or they accept the human's natural lifespan, and when they die, they die. Okay, it's only, like, less than 100 years. But find another person, like, get another boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually read this online to confirm what I was, like, wondering, but this movie is about her giving people eternal life, but not eternal youth. So when John goes into the coffin all shriveled up and stuff, all of her lovers that she truly loves, apparently, that she spent so many hundreds of years with each time, they're all still in there alive. alive. Yeah, I didn't get that till the end. That's so fucked up. Like, yeah. if it's just an extra, like, 220 years, like, and that's the don't fucked turn up. them into vampires. Yeah, I feel like that's kind of the fucked up thing about it, because she could kill them. So that they're not literally just living for hundreds of years in, like, a coffin. Yeah, can't she just kill them? Um, no. Because he, at one point, John is begging her to kill him. And she says, I can't. And I thought she was like, I can't, I'm weak. I, I think it's because she is she does not have the power. But then when we see what happens to her, then her lovers oh, collapse. Yeah. And they get released. Which is great. But I, I also feel like uh, that's the other part of her being a villain. Because I do feel like most people would be like, oh, yeah, girl, eternal life, blah, blah, blah. If she would have just been, like, honest, they still would probably have been well, She didn't even really tell Sarah anything. No. Nope. She just, ma- she literally she just manipulated her, her mm-hmm. into, like, she was like, I'm going to seduce you with my powers. That's what you get when you don't ask for consent. Yep. Yeah. You get murdered. You get blood all in your mouth. You get blood throb in your mouth. Yeah, that's what she did. Sarah was like, <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I thought she had um, stabbed Miriam. I didn't realize that she stabbed herself. Yeah, it's... and then like until the end, and I was like, oh shit, like what the balls? But it wasn't until the very end I was like, oh well, that's actually kind of cool. Like she's still alive. Where she's living, I don't know. This whole new setting crazy condo i think it was cool. in london looked like the london skyline yeah it was like super oh, pretty she yeah pops over at the end mm-hmm. which is convenient because the movie was actually filmed in london and they said it was new york city mm-hmm. but it, oh. it totally passes like oh totally again like the marble slabs if my whole world was marble slabs i'd just be so happy that's a very new york thing but i guess maybe it's just an older city thing too yeah <sighs> would I party with Miriam and David? Yes. They just seem kind of boring. I know you like them playing classical music together, and that's yeah. cool for them. I like that they go out to the clubs, I guess. I guess that's all I'm trying to say. They seem like a super pretentious rich couple. Yeah, but I liked that they went out, like, okay, they seem very youthful. Like, they know how to present more youthful so they can, like, get what they need, you yeah. know? Because obviously if you're that old... You can always kind of go back and t- dip your toe into like, okay, what are the twenty-year-olds doing? Yeah, um, wearing these glass sunglasses. Those <laughs> are <laughs> <laughs> some crazy glasses. Yeah, they were actually tilted forward. I think, like, if you saw her from an angle, Miriam's glasses—they were either tinted, tilted backwards or forwards at an hmm. odd angle. I did not notice that. Oh, and then I uh, would like to take this moment to talk about. Uh, complain about Miriam's makeup, which is why I'm wearing this lipstick. Pronounce this actress's name, Catherine... Deneuve. Deneuve. 
I had no fucking idea that that was her. I This was my third time watching The Hunger, and I knew Catherine from Donkey Skin, and I knew Catherine from Repulsion. Mm-hmm. And so I knew her from a, a younger age, and I found out from my research for this movie that she was the same fucking person. And then I went back and watched some scenes, and I was like, oh yeah, those are her eyes. And... I've probably seen her in other movies, but the two that I've rewatched the most are Compulsion and Donkey Skin, and she doesn't wear a lot of makeup in those movies. She has huge eyelids for a person. Her eyelids are very large. (laughs) For a human. And they're usually, like, nude eyelids. In Repulsion, she has, like, the big, like, caked-on mascara, like, um, Twiggy. Mm -hmm. The model Twiggy Mm -hmm. was really, like, a mod thing back in the 60s, um... And I do have a problem with some of the makeup choices in the 80s. So in this movie, I just, every scene, there's a lot of close-ups on, of Miriam's face. And I just wanted to wipe all of her makeup off of her face. She could have worn makeup in a different way. But in the 80s, they just, like the blue eyeshadow thing. Yeah, it was the lipstick, They had some problems back then that I don't agree with. Um, so I'm wearing red lipstick right now. It'll be in the photo. I'll post it online. <laughs> Do you guys agree? Yeah, I didn't like her makeup, but I like Susan Sarandon's. Yeah. It looked good. Well, it looked more natural. Yeah. I don't know what, the, what you're giving a face. I, I have the opposite opinion. Oh. I don't think Susan Sarandon... I mean, there are some scenes where... But also, Susan Sarandon's eyes are the size of her fists. Yeah. So it's... This yeah. was the most makeup I've ever seen on Susan Sarandon. I'll give you that. It was very harsh. Mascara. But harsh yeah. in a different way than... Miriam's makeup. Yeah. Also, uh, they made Susan Sarandon look like like Peter Pan vibes a little bit. Hmm. She has a very upturned nose, and I've never seen it so pronounced before. And I think maybe because her hair was, was whipped up. Maybe. Like, if she was wearing a Peter Pan outfit, wow. <laughs> that would have been impressive. A little, yeah. knife, little knife in her uh, belt. Yeah. yeah. Clap if you believe in fairies. So my other issue with this movie is no offense to anyone listening. I'm sorry. I know we're talking about the hot villain being Miriam, but I am always disappointed when I watch this that Miriam is not more attractive to me than her lovers, like David Bowie and Susan Sarandon. They seem so much more attractive. That yeah. being said, this is a woman that can gain both of them as lovers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even with her weird squared off heels. Yeah. I liked her clothes. Her oh, clothes I love her clothes. clothes. Yeah. yeah. But, but you... her weird squared off heels, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it I think it takes a French woman to rock squared off heels. Yeah, I was expecting like a like an eighties pump. <laughs> but that's and not what you got. No, instead we got like Helen Keller heels. Yeah. <laughs> With her really cool clothes. Yeah. Her hair I didn't mind. I think like during the lovemaking scene, her hair is down for like a second and I liked her a lot better like that. Mm-hmm. I love the Roman horn where it's the, the curl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. Yeah. Mm, she has good earrings. <laughs> it's like sharp, like obsidian looking gold yeah. crap. I like the way she presented herself in a room. She like yeah. commanded a room. Well, I, I love I love the seduction scene. So the when hunger. she's playing the piano? Yes. The hunger is a weird one. Okay. So much like you know, things we love have problematic elements. 
David Bowie, for instance. Uh, you know, I love the work of William Burroughs and uh, also H.P. Lovecraft, but we know they weren't <laughs> the nicest people. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Yeah. I hope you got the, the wine pour on, on the recording. <laughs> <clears throat> so, you know, as a, as a queer person, it's weird that if I choose to see it as, as prejudice, then, yeah, this movie is about how homosexuality is contagious. Oh. Yeah, because Sarah is not looking at other women's bodies until after she's seduced by Miriam. That's like yeah. a night breed. Right. Well, not re- I mean, kind of. The way that you're mm-hmm. saying it, yeah. Well, and in Nightbreed, it's intentional because we have a gay writer-director. Come underground. But maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but then her reaction, her boyfriend's reaction to her was really weird. Like, mm-hmm. why was why he were so you, mad? Why were you so mad that she was hanging out with her girlfriend for three hours? Like, how's that not normal? Does he think that she was somewhere else and not at that apartment? No, he knew he was. she was with. What were you guys doing? Because he was asking all these questions maybe. that a jealous dude would ask his girlfriend who hung out with a dude. Well, maybe he, as her boyfriend, knows that she is bisexual or bisexual That's what I mean. Because, like, it, maybe... It, maybe they're not trying to say it's just because the way he was reacting, I was like, why are you being so heated about her spending time at this woman's house? And she like, why is that an issue for you? Like she already owns those clothes. Like she just, she's so like femme butch. To yeah. Me. Yeah. I think she's just that way. And so he, they were, he was mad at her at dinner. Cause yeah, he was like, that's a beautiful woman. Three hours. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> It was just a weird reaction. Like, I, why are they having this weird argument about I mean, her? it's true. Hey, I mean, yes. I mean, <laughs> I mean, she did. Yeah. She did sleep with this woman. But, like, it was just kind of weird that he was insinuating like that. I, I think I'm Team Tom. That's his name, right? Tom? Yep, Tom Haver. I know he's supposed to be, like, the asshole boyfriend, but I think I'm, like, on his side now that we're talking about all this. <laughs> well, yeah, I I don't know. I, I think it could go either way, but it was just like that scene at dinner. I was just like, like, what what exactly did you guys have planned that? I mean, did you have yeah. plans? Obviously not. Because she's here with you at dinner. <laughs> like, what what's your but she problem? Just, she just fucked someone else. Yeah, but he didn't know that. But he just true. he just like maybe it, she smells like she just fucked. Maybe, I don't know. She maybe just there's a way like about Miriam's it. perfume. But you also, to, Miriam is totally wearing perfume. Oh yeah. Well, but I have to assume she took a shower too. But I was just like, okay, unless you also are into women, why does he care? <laughs> well, he knows there's holes in her story, or something doesn't add up. Yeah. Because like with the sherry, he knows that she hates sherry. Right. And, and yeah. If we look at this as a queer predator movie, what does what does Miriam do to Sarah? She she lures her in with lies. She then gets her drunk. No, barely. She takes one drink and spills her wine on her blouse. Oh, yeah. I think she had more than one. I don't think so. Only not because from what was seen in the movie. Mm-hmm. Only because there's this big thing about how Susan Sarandon. The scene was initially that Sarah was going to be super drunk and they were going to have sex. And Susan Sarandon said, no, I'm not going to do that. 
I want her to take like a sip of wine and spill the rest on her bra- on her blouse. Okay. And yeah. she initiates it, or they initiate it together. You know, if we're if we're looking at who the character is as opposed to how she's written by a man, she did show up to Miriam Blaylock's house in a white T-shirt with no bra I on. Know. Her yeah. Body, <laughs> and then spilled red wine. Yeah. Or sherry. Onto she's, yeah. she's dressed like um, um, James Dean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, little little masculine feminine yeah. Tom of Finland thing going on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But even she was kind of flirt like, are you flirting with me, Marianne? Like right. you guys no. are both kind of <laughs> yeah. flirty with each oh, other. And then I saw online sorry to interrupt. Um I saw online someone said she's even doing the lesbian sit or something. Mm. Like where you oh, throw yeah. one leg over a chair leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I sit like that all the time. I'm sitting like that right now. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> oh, God. We all are. <laughs> well, I do. There's that. I mean, I've watched this film a hundred times. And I often watch it with the subtitles because uh, a lot of it is quiet and mumbly. Plus, Catherine mm-hmm. Deneuve's accent is very strong. Uh, but there's this point at which Sarah tries to refuse the sherry. And she says, oh, I don't like Sherry. And Miriam says, you'll like this one. And it just it just reminds me of the way men coerce women into sex. Oh. I'm glad that you bring that up. Because I rewatched the scene where Sarah goes to confront her after she's showing, like, vampire symptoms. Basically, mm-hmm. she's really upset. And, like, yeah, she comes in heated. She, like, tosses some stuff to the floor and she grabs Miriam first, but that whole conversation is Miriam being like, "Get the fuck over it! Mm-hmm. Like you're, you have, I gave you eternal life. Yeah, you'll get used to it. You'll be back." And then she like throws her to the floor. So again, yeah, like you said, Miriam's whole thing is like very like, like like a sexist man. Well, she steamrolls people. Yeah, yeah. And she just, like, doesn't care what Sarah has to say about anything. And her whole reaction is, like, very violent. And I am recognizing, yeah, Sarah comes in yelling, throws stuff around, and she does grab Miriam first. But Miriam reacts the way that a man would. Like, if a woman grabbed a man, Mm -hmm. yeah, the woman is grabbing first, but he steamrolls her, like you said. Yeah. And she she comes in and she pulls up her sleeve and and says look what you've done to me mm-hmm. and shows Miriam this wound on her arm and Miriam's reply is it's a bruise it'll fade yeah like yeah. it's like an abuse thing yeah. yeah um when i was rewatching i think when i watched that movie i wasn't paying so much attention but i rewatched it's a clip on youtube and all of Miriam's reactions it's like emotional abuse physical abuse verbal abuse um, psychological abuse. Oh, yeah. Crazy. Like, all of them. Yeah. All of so, the above. And when John is passing away, again, she just seems devastated, but in a selfish... Oh, totally mm-hmm. in a selfish oh, way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because she was gonna... Like, John knows that he's figured it out. Yeah. In in Act 1, he's figured out what's going on. He asks her, you know, certainly you must remember how long it takes. How long did it take the others? How long did it take Lalia? Yeah. And uh, he figures out that Miriam has been grooming Alice to be the next one because she knows John is close to the end. And I think that's part of the motivation for him to kill Alice, even though he cares for Alice. Yeah. 
so Miriam's been grooming Alice, and then with Alice taken out of the picture, uh, she has to find someone new, and it just so happens that Sarah is a hematologist. She was watching Sarah before that, though. Yes. Yeah, like yep. on the news. Like on TV, yeah. yeah. I mean, if, you're, if you've been a codependent abuser for thousands of years, you probably know how to have a backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I do feel really bad for John, like, the whole time. Like, it's, because it's basically, like, okay, I'm dying, goodbye. And Are you like, going to do anything about it? And she's like, nope, I'm not even going to be around. Yeah, like, I'm not even going to, like, comfort you during this time. I'm literally going to go try to find Sarah. So what I wanted to, what I was waiting, what, is, what I was waiting to say from earlier about her, the way she found Sarah was... In the book, it's more pleasant. What happens is the way Sarah comes into the picture is that Miriam is trying to help John with his aging thing. So she seeks out Sarah to help John. And then when John passes, she goes after Sarah. In the movie, it's just like she's just into Sarah from the beginning and fuck John. Poor John. It's a little bit more sweet. I believe that Miriam wants to solve this problem of anyone that turns has an expiration date. Mm -hmm. I believe she wants to solve that problem. Well, that's the other thing. So I read, strangely enough, from a YouTube comment, someone brought up the fact that Miriam is also interested in Sarah because Sarah is a researcher that's trying to like de-age things and stop aging and fiddle with aging. Mm -hmm. So she's thinking, if I'm with this person, if she has a lifespan thing going on that would motivate her to fix this problem like she's kind of relying on sarah and her research to maybe figure this out yeah someday i also didn't like um on the romance side how everybody was just like forever forever yeah you know you said that earlier right it was horrible well fucking her, her and sarah have met twice and they and she's like, we'll be together forever. And I'm like, okay, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I've met that someone weird. after yeah. two days. I'd be like, first of all, Miriam bites her like the second time they meet. Yeah. And that means they're going to be together for like 300 years. I don't know if I'd ever want to do that to anyone I just met. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's that how weird. that's how lonely and desperate she is. Yeah. John's only been decrepit for like what forty eight hours. Yeah. At that point, and immediately she has to replace him because she oh, can't be alone. Yeah. Oh, I never thought. Yeah, about that's it. how that's how insecure she I is. I thought it was just because she was super into Sarah. Oh no. I mean, if it's literally like mm-hmm. I can't be alone, fuck it, I'll bite anyone. <laughs> like that's so sad. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, it's a it's a very sad vampire yeah. movie. All these people are fucked. Oh, yeah. I mean, poor Alice is neglected by her rich dad That's and his dramatic wife. If she, was oh, grooming, yeah. if she was grooming Alice and Alice is dead now, I can see how she would have like a kind of a panic attack. Another connection between Rocky Horror and The Hunger, uh, Cliff Young, who plays Tom Haver, Sarah's yes. boyfriend, he plays Brad Majors in the sequel which is called uh, Shock no. Treatment. Yes. What? Yep. I am so... Okay, I so have... So many connections. I have a little bit of face blindness, 
So maybe that's why I didn't recognize him because I love shock treatment. Same guy. Same it. actor. Ooh, Ooh shock, shock treatment. treatment. You should watch it. Have you seen it? No. I can let you borrow it. It's not as okay, good. You'll probably it. be disappointed. Okay. <laughs> Brad and Janet are having marriage problems. Who would have known? Oh. Janet is played by the girl from Suspiria. Uh, oh. Jessica Harper. Jessica Harper. Yes. Oh, cute. Well, yeah, I mean, who would have known? He was super apprehensive about marrying you. <laughs> and then, like, slept with dudes. So, yeah. yeah like, he maybe needed yeah. some time. He's, yeah. Figure out his sexuality a little bit. Brad's been having a rough time with yeah. what happened at Castle Frankenfurter. Yeah. Whereas Janet is just like, okay, let's, okay. you know. <laughs> that was a weekend. <laughs> I did want to ask um, Miriam's reaction to John when he starts to age. Is she repulsed by him or just super sad? I saw that too. Is she repulsed? <sighs> maybe, you know. Because if she is, fuck her. Maybe a bit of both. Yeah. Maybe she's repulsed by what she's done to him. Okay. Yeah. You know? Like, why do we push people away after we've hurt them? Because we're fucking ashamed. Because when he, like, he was like, kiss me one last time, and she looked like, no. (laughs) (laughs) The look on her face was just like, oh, no. Oh, wait. I probably owe you that much. And, like, did. (laughs) But, like... He was just like, kiss me. She's like, mm-hmm. I would have. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know. I was like, like, I love you this owe person. him that much. Like, uh, you turned him into this. I feel like if Eric had been here today, he would have been super into the onk symbol knife mm. thing. He's like our yeah. historical, like, half of the show. He's super into, like, culture and history and, like, smart person stuff. He's not <laughs> here right now, though. I mean, I'm into smart person stuff. Do you know anything about the Ankh? I know a thing or two about the Ankh. Okay. Tell us about the Ankh. You know, it's... I mean, the sock puppet version is that it's the symbol of eternal life from Egyptian culture. So if if we're taking... If we're accepting the idea that Miriam is Egyptian, ancient Egyptian, then it does make sense for her to wear it. But white goth people love to wear Ankhs. Oh, it's yeah. like a vampire thing. Yeah, onks are really popular with white goth people and Afrocentric black power. I'm oh. trying to think of why she's from Egypt. You know, I mean, because that's where vampires come from. Ancient Greece was blonde hair and blue eyes, and now we all have like black hair and brown eyes. There's probably very little genetic purity on Earth. Yeah. Oh, there is. Yeah. Very this little. is why white supremacy is so absurd because even those people are not like yeah like what is a white person you know french right like irish <laughs> irish and italians were not considered white people until very recently yeah um, yeah and now i think white supremacists recruit heavily from uh like rural white folks with irish backgrounds oh i always thought they always did that i mean Is that not a thing a hundred years not ago in the 30s Okay. Well, yeah, no. Because you'd you'd be like, you're Irish. Irish. Yeah. Like, that's where all those, like, Italian stereotypes come from. Yeah. The the English used to call the Irish white monkeys as though they were a subhuman separate race from the English. Like, girl, the island is just, like... It's right right there. there. (laughs) Like, we can see it. Yeah. Uh, my, My grandma swore that she was like 100% like ancient Greek blood and I'm like okay what color is your hair 
<laughs> Burnett. It was only very recently that I learned that uh, this this stereotypical Italian look is very much Sicilian and Southern Italian. Uh, Central and Northern Italians are often blonde or ginger, light-skinned. I had no idea. I also like yeah. how the only rep- representation I ever get is when they replace the Italian mob person or the <laughs> Italian dishwasher with the Greek dishwasher or the Greek mob person. Mm. So it was a mob. That's me. Or like the, the spicy Italian girl is replaced with the spicy Greek girl. Mm. <laughs> trying to think uh, portrayals of Greek folks in pop culture. In American pop culture, it's just if you don't want to do Italian, you'll do Greek instead. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I know the euphemism French or Greek. Um, when I cut my hair short, people assume that I'm French. And they also offer me cigarettes. <laughs> if my, the longer my mm-hmm. hair gets, the less French yeah. I am, and the less people offer me cigarettes. Whereas Catherine Deneuve, who's actually French, was super blonde, oh, I think. She was so pretty yeah. in the, when she was younger. I, no, I'm sorry. She's pretty now. I just... Stunning and brave. Her Stunning to and brave. Wearing too much makeup in this movie yeah. is what yeah. I meant. And uh, she was wasted in Dancer in the Dark. What a waste! I'm, not, of I'm afraid Deneuve. to watch that movie because it sounds too sad. It's really sad. I saw it on a date, and that was a terrible idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lars von Trier doesn't want you to have a good time. Never. He will yeah. never want that for anyone. Did you see uh, the house that Jack built? No, because I heard this everyone. I've seen Enter the Void, oh, which I loved, but it was hella depressing and like super. I'm sure that's super Wait, crazy for Enter the people. Void. Isn't that Gaspar Noé? I thought it was Lars von Trier. Oh, maybe I'm wrong. Gaspar Noé also is kind of a downer. Be that as it may, I think Noé made um, Irreversible, which is about a rape. who made Climax. Lars von Trier. No, no, Are they the no. same person? No, no, oh. I think Gaspar Noé made Climax. What? Yeah. I'm getting them so mixed up. Okay, Lars the house von Jack- Trier made House That Jack Built and uh, Antichrist. I love Antichrist. That's great. So many people hate it. You know what? And they also say it's so intense for everyone. So maybe the movies of his that I'm afraid to see probably aren't because the ones I have seen are great. So maybe I'm just afraid of what people say. How did we start talking about this? <laughs> French. Oh yeah, the Euro yeah. Oh. horror maybe. Okay. Miriam Blaylock, okay. super hot bad guy. What I want to switch to is in the seduction scene mm-hmm. when she's playing the piano, and then Sarah spills the drink on her blouse. Miriam has this fucking towel, and again, like you said, like men writing, like I mean, lesbian sex scene, but also just sex scene, like. It was such a 70s porn move for Miriam to just, like, be like, oh, here's the towel. I'm going to recline in this chair, cross my legs, and throw the towel over my shoulder and watch you. Mm -hmm. Because you're supposed to do something before I give you this towel. And I was like, Mm -hmm. this is so stupid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cue billowing cloth. Like, I get it, but, like, it made me laugh. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a power move, right? Oh yeah, it's she meant, puts her feet up on the on the coffee table. It's meant table. to be a power yeah. move. Like, look how hot this is. I'm gonna mm-hmm. cross my legs, and this is the part where I watch you do something. Yeah. And also, we haven't talked about what we're about to do, but I'm gonna watch you start doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, 
Like, I get and that And then she hot. takes off her shirt. And you're like, well, that was quick. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. So, uh, one thing I want to address, because, you know, I used to I used to teach classes on monsters. Often, I would recommend The Hunger to my students. And I would try to make it explicitly clear which film I was talking about. People often get confused because there was, a, I think, a Showtime series of horror and thriller yeah, and it was hosted by David Bowie. Yeah, called The Hunger. Yeah, yeah, yes. And he even plays, he plays a character, I think, in, like, episode one, season two, maybe? Yeah, 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 in but, the prison. Yeah. I heard it was terrible, though. It's weird. Uh, either, right. that, either that or I'm getting that confused with, like, there was actually a show called The Hunger about vampires, and that was bad. I mean, it's not great. It's easy to fuck up vampire stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is why I love The Hunger, because we take the time to develop the characters. And even though a lot is left unexplained, you can see that they are people with feelings. And what I love about horror, supernatural, fantasy, sci-fi, is when we can see real human beings having a supernatural experience. So... You know, the hunger, what do you do when the person that has been your partner for 300 years dies? Yeah. 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 Um, now that you're saying it like that, it reminds me of how people compare um, the only lovers left alive with the mm. hunger. I mean, some people just say it's basically a remake. Oh, not even close. Well, just in the fact that the premise is two vampires that's like a boy and a girl vampire living together and they love each other and that's all the movie's about is just them like love and vampires and it's slow and elegant and they're fancy but no i disagree completely i think that's a really lazy comparison only lovers left alive isn't even really about the vampirism. the plot is different sure but like these these two people could be any two people in Only Lovers or the, yes. in The Hunger? In in Only Lovers Left Alive. I don't see their immortality or their vampirism as having much of an, an effect on the storyline. It is a different style. I think it's like a, it, it was trying to be like a mm-hmm. modern take on like, I'm just a vampire, but I'm also mm-hmm. a person. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't, I don't hate the movie. I just think the comparison is unfounded. Because the hunger, the, what is the hunger? It is erotic mm-hmm. and it is suspenseful and is highly stylish. Mm-hmm. And only lovers left alive, no one has sex mm-hmm. and no one gets killed on camera. How do you have a vampire movie with no sex or violence They're in trying it? to get blood. They ran out of blood. They have to go get the blood. That's <laughs> actually literally only, that's the only thing I remember from the entire movie was her running around being like, I can't find the blood. Who's the director? Jim Jarmusch? I don't remember. I saw it once. I mean... It was a while back. You know, it... Again, it wasn't a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just not very interesting. So, <laughs> I... When I was doing my research, I was going through Tumblr tags um, for posts from The Hunger, and someone genuinely... I'm assuming Tumblr runs a younger audience, younger users. Mm-hmm someone's tags for this post for the hunger was like i still haven't seen this movie yet i really want to hashtag david bowie hashtag the hunger hashtag tilda swinton (laughs) and i was like oh she's 
I don't know. I'm assuming it was a girl. I was, I'm like, oh my god, they're confusing Only Lovers Left Alive with The Hunger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was like, that's an easy mistake, I guess. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> they yeah. both look completely different. I know, but, but like, wow. <laughs> I did like the way they referenced The Hunger in uh, episode one of season five of American Horror Story. That's the hotel. Really? What did yes. they say? What the, uh, Do you remember? They, they have a very similar sequence in which Lady Gaga as the queen vampire and her lover, Matt Bomer, um, they go to some public gathering and they spot another couple and seduce them and bring them back to Isn't their place. Isn't she wearing similar clothing? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's, oh. it's absolutely, I just absolutely now... an homage to the hunger. I just now got that. Because I vaguely mm-hmm. remember it was that style of clothing that she was mm-hmm. wearing. And the that's all set to the song Tear You Apart by She mm. Wants Revenge. Ooh. And She Wants Similar Revenge. Songs. She Wants Revenge did a different music video, not for Tear You Apart, but I forget the song, but it is absolutely the opening of The Hunger. Okay, I need to rewatch that again. Like they're they're in a in a grid cage holding on to the grid. I don't remember and, any of that. Yeah. That's oh. crazy. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, good for Ryan Murphy. Is that a yeah. I have feelings about him. He abandons projects a lot, <laughs> but some projects need to be abandoned. Yeah. I do feel like we're we're running a bit out of steam. Okay, good thing you pointed that out. So this is the part of the podcast I have quick internet bits mm-hmm. that I gather from online, and then we have two quick games. Mm. That'll be it. Okay. So to wrap it up, I just got some like Tumblr hashtags since I was just mentioning Tumblr. Mm-hmm. So my Tumblr hashtags come from when somebody posts on Tumblr something about the hunger. I go through the tag systems people use and grab like my favorites pertaining to the character. So mm. for Miriam from the hunger, hashtag formative queer movie, hashtag can you smoke as cool as a cucumber and also eat the whole titty like a vampire queen. <laughs> 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 hashtag I didn't think so. Um Hashtag Catherine Deneuve could seduce anyone, any gender, any age. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag they can both wife me the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag why is her face so beautiful? Okay. um, Because she's French. <laughs> so there was actually surprisingly like a little mini, fa- there was like little mini fandom pockets. Um, There is... A good amount of fan fiction. I found a um, Miriam Blaylock and Miranda Presley from the Devil Wears Prada fanfic, which is played by Meryl Streep. Oh. Together. Yeah, HBICs. And then very random. This might be the most random bit I've ever seen doing research for this podcast. There's a pretty good The Hunger fandom on a website called deskgram.net and it has like older women doing like Miriam cosplay and like enamel like pins like golden inlaid like hunger pins and okay. of course there's like art there was like better fan art on there than there was on DeviantArt no offense there was some good art on there too but yeah so if you're like super into the hunger deskgram.net oh Put that link in the description. I will. 
Also, um, I, I want to acknowledge that uh, I've had I've thrown back a couple glasses of of good Riesling, and now I'm sitting here eating pirate booty, trying to oh. sober up. It's probably so, picking up on the episode a little bit. Yeah, if anyone hears me crunching out there in dreamland, that's what's I going think, on. People like it. I think it's relatively quiet oh. for a ASMR. Yeah, yeah ASMR. People really oh. like that. Yeah, and Natasha, thank you for this. For yeah, this pirate for anxiety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do an let's do a quick ASMR. Yeah, someone and, might be feeling anxious. Yeah, you're a good person for listening to podcasts about queer horror movies. You are a mountain. <laughs> First there is a mountain, then there is no mountain. Okay, so <laughs> you guys. Uh... All right, so I don't have a creep corner story, but on Letterboxd, I had liked a review from from a person that I followed for a very long time. Their name their username is Tony the Terror, and the review goes as follows. I Dare you to say that if Catherine Deneuve. Deneuve and David Bowie approached me and invited me to be a part of their eternal vampire existence, the answer would be a resounding yes. If they approached me only to seduce me, pleasure me, and kill me for my blood, the answer would probably be a somewhat less resounding but undeniable yes. <laughs> I thought that was cute. Yeah. I mean, one in each hole. <laughs> No. Okay, so uh, our first game of the night, this might shock you a little bit, but our first game is what food would Miriam be? We'll go first. <laughs> okay, uh, I have yet to think about this. Me this one might too. be tough. I got it. Miriam Blaylock is top ramen. Top ramen? Yes, because of her hair and also... She's old and she lasts a long time and she needs water to be herself. Oh, yeah. And the water is her lover's. Oh. The moisture. Yeah. Oh. Pat myself oh on my the back. Gosh. Ramen does look like a Marcel wave. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. stim out on that later. Oh, goodness. Okay. Add a couple of things. I'm going to say she's a molting lava cake mm. because it looks like one thing and then you cut into it is another. Is that the kind of cake where you... It's like goose. It goos out when you break yeah, into it? Yeah, it looks okay. solid, yeah. but then it just goos. So I she mean, tells you you're going to live forever. <laughs> you're a cake, honey. Well, you'll be solid forever. And then you goo out. And it's so rich too. Those cakes yeah. are so rich. Yeah, they're delicious. I don't delicious. know why they don't. I don't think they have to be that flavor, but they are so rich. Just like, well, because I mean, is. it's literally just cake that you don't cook all the way. It, I don't know why it's fancy. It's legitimately <laughs> just warm cake batter. It always has. <laughs> it always has this like uplifted shape. Yeah, where you're like you don't have to look like that. Oh, yeah. But you do. But you do, because that's what's <laughs> holding it all in. <laughs> I think she would be an eclair. Ooh. But when you bite into it, it's full of blood. Yeah. Oh, my God. No one steal that. It's going in my next horror story. I like the eclair <laughs> because it's just like, it has this like shape and it's very like delicate mm -hmm. and very yeah. like, yep. but also regal because it's such an old dessert. Yeah. You yeah. know? And it's kind of a guilty pleasure. It's a guilty pleasure, strong, 
the yeah. delicate. That's a good one. Yeah. Next round is we actually did it wrong on our last podcast. We reverted back to are they hot or not? Oh, which yeah. was a mistake, but we all kind of came up with reasons. So our new game is um, why is Miriam so sexy? I think she has that. She has that Beyonce quality where she never looks badly. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say she never looks back. <laughs> I mean that too. Uh, yeah, yeah. She but just she never looks bad. She always looks good, even when she's dressed like a school marm. She still looks incredible. Oh, it's just her fucking presence. Everything she wore, those fucking caps in front of her, or like that lace in front of her face, mm-hmm. and the hat, and she was always just like smoking, and even that looked hot. I did see someone, uh, the moment where she's crying, I think for, for Sarah, her hair is like over her face and she's shedding some tears. Mm -hmm. Someone on the internet was like, why can't I cry that gracefully? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Even with the birds. Those birds were everywhere. Why (laughs) were there so many birds in her attic? (laughs) These are people you love. You couldn't like properly seal your attic? No, they're just up there. Goodness. (laughs) I think, I don't know, maybe they use it to make Prince videos. Maybe. Oh, well, there's also that. Because there's just like pigeons or doves. I don't know. Pigeons are just filth doves. Okay. I like pigeons. I think pigeons are doves, actually, but they're like filth doves. Oh. They're trash doves. (laughs) And doves are like the special ones. God, don't make no trash. (laughs) Was there anything else? No. Okay. I'm just bloviating. I, uh, I kind (laughs) of. I mean, even though it's, like, what makes her the villain, like, I do kind of like the way she just manipulates people into doing what she wants, and she's just been doing it her entire life, mm-hmm. forever and ever. Eternal life, because it never really showed the backstory of, um, what's his face, John? Is it John? Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. John? But it was just like, how did you get him? Was it the same way? Was it just like, oh, we'll play piano together? And, you'll, and she doesn't tell you'll him You'll something on your back. thing, and then we'll have sex. I'll bite you, you bite me, <laughs> blah, yada, yada. Like, what was your move with John? Was it different with every person? Was it the same? That's why you like I would it. like to see that movie. Me too. Like, how did you seduce every person to be your, like, 300-year lover? They should make a prequel. I would be down. <laughs> I say that, but I, I, I just... Honestly, I would... Not a prequel, but I would be down for a sequel where they get the same actress... And oh wait, she died. You can't. Catherine do... is still alive, I think. David Bowie passed away. Wait, Catherine's still alive? I Catherine thought she died. died. No, she's still alive. She's just really old now. Oh, <laughs> weird. Okay, maybe they would have to do a prequel. I don't know, or a movie. Yeah, I don't remake? know how they make that movie, but I would love to. I would love to just see the, or just get a different cast entirely. And I would like to see, like, how she seduced all these people for thousands of years. What was their love story? I'd watch a TV show. Hear that, WB? <laughs> oh, yeah. Netflix. Every Netflix. season is a different Hulu. lover. Yeah. A different 300 yeah. years. Yes. Because it kind of would be like, what was that? Outlander? Was that the show? Yeah. Where she would, like, it's she, like, similar. went back in time and also had lovers. Mm-hmm. What would we call the prequel to The Hunger? Would we call it, like... They would call it The Hunger. No, not mildly peckish. It's the, it's the WB. They're the only ones that would make anything like this. <laughs> Are they the ones who, who brought us the vampire diaries? Yes. Yeah. They also did a, a, a spinoff from the t- 
TV show Supernatural. They did? I, yeah. It lasted for two episodes. Wow. That. I think it was set in New Orleans or something. Oh, gross. Okay. <laughs> it was about... God, it's so cliche. It was like a house where like a vampire lived with a werewolf and stuff like that. It was oh, so it was just called Being Human? No. Oh. Well, that's similar, but it was like, it was a spinoff from Supernatural. Okay. No, I just feel like that's so cliche. Oh, let's do this in New Orleans. No, do it in Ohio, bitch. Like, do it somewhere <laughs> where like... It's weird. Do it in Milwaukee. Like, if you've ever been to a weird rural town where there's like 50 people, it's weird. Like, do it there. (laughs) Don't do it in New Orleans where like, oh, like vampires and ghosts and blood. Yeah, we already have True Blood. Yeah, like, I don't know. They use New Orleans for everything weird and it's like, that's not the only weird place. I'm pretty sure that's where the swamp thing is set. It's in Louisiana for sure. Yeah, because I mean, there's swamps. Yeah. Okay, um, why is Miriam so sexy? We have talked at length in this episode about how awful she is and why she's absolutely a villain. The movie, when you watch it, you kind of feel for her and the movie wants you to know how lonely she is and how she's a sympathetic character and stuff. So I understand all that. I don't like her makeup. <laughs> um, I, I can sympathize with her until I find out like some of her like seedier the stuff that she does but if I were to put myself in a position where she would try and take me on as a lover I like older women I like her clothes she seems like very sexual I don't like the way that she makes love but maybe that was just like Sarah that's just the way Sarah is so she was just adapting to like what Sarah's into I I don't know who was in charge of that love making but I don't like it I just think in general, like, yeah, she's sexy. I hesitate to go further with any sort of an explanation. <laughs> she's kind of an asshole. I don't know. Her I like presence. Her, I like her clothes. I would totally hang out with her and, like, take um, cello lessons and have, like, a tea party. Yeah. That's yeah. all. Just a tea party. That's fine. I don't care. I feel like I'd be bored around her, but she's very pretty. But the, the clubs she goes to. Yeah, she seems like a born goth. Like, she just sits there and smokes yeah. and wears glasses that night? Yeah. All right. Well, that's, I mean, that's, like, one of the goth archetypes, is the woman who's just way too cool to be there. I would yeah. be there. I would be there with her. I would be fine just sitting there with them. I would probably go out and dance, and they probably wouldn't join me. Yeah. But, like, we'd still be there together, and that would be awesome. So, there's that. Okay, next month, we said... In our last podcast, we were doing like a three kind of character arc. We were kind of using people to jump from one story to another. So last month we did Rocky Horror Picture Show with Susan Sarandon. Now we're doing The Hunger with Susan Sarandon and David Bowie. And next month we will be doing Labyrinth. Yay! And also, you know, Rufus Collins was in this movie. He was also in Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's right. Apparently, thank you. There's a link. Evan, there's a lot of similar, there's way more links than just Susan, but we are going to do Labyrinth next month, David Bowie's Jareth, the Goblin King. Mm -hmm. So, Evan, plug your shit. Uh, Okay, so mostly I'm an author, so my last publication is called Drag Star, which is actually an RPG where you make an original drag character and then play them. It looks so amazing. Yeah, you can get it on pretty much any platform. iPhone, Android, Steam. I love the way it internet. looks. Thanks. Yeah, uh, Xavier Jacobson did the artwork, and those are those are some of my favorite characters that I've created. Especially Trigger Warning. 
I love Trigga. <laughs> Trigga. Yeah. Trigga warning. Wait, what is it called again? Drag Star. Okay. Yeah, you might need to download the Choice of Games app first, especially on um, iPhone. Yeah. Oh, choice. or iPad. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you can get Dragstar inside of it. I do want to point out, because you're probably not going to mention it, you were the other half of what used to be Shriek, Women yes. of Horror. Yes. And I feel like that was somewhat popular. In, oh, absolutely. It was very successful. Especially with the Seattle horror community. I'm very proud of Shriek. So Shriek was amazing, and I'm like still devastated that it's gone. I mean, so, Heather is doing Reign of Terror. Yeah. And I'm doing Wonder. And you are doing Wonder. And women I, of sci-fi? Women of and, fantasy and science fiction. Yeah. And I, when I have more spoons and more free time and like a real job again, mm-hmm. uh, I'd like to I'd like to relaunch Slash, which was queer horror. Okay. Yeah. Oh, fun. Yeah. So yeah. these are monthly or bi-monthly or whenever. They're whenever. Just look around for it and see how. They're like movie presentations and classes that you do? Yes. We screen a film and then uh, my co-host, co-producer and I will lead the conversation about it. And we, we dig in. And that's where, you know, that's where I, s- it was a shriek that I explored a lot of the codependency narrative within the hunger it was i'm 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 so sorry the dog is down here natasha's dog is down here so oh and he is a cute little mister isn't he (laughs) he is but he's so crazy oh is r kelly (laughs) grooming you oh my god (laughs) (laughs) do you have to go to the groomer (laughs) um anything else you're doing right are you doing like writing things or is that just stuff Uh, you're attending uh yeah i mean look for me evanjpeterson.com E-V-A-N-J-P-E-T-E-R-S-O-N.com. I got stuff coming out here, coming out there. Thank you so much for um, making us do The Hunger. My pleasure. Yeah, this is a great movie. Yeah. Thank you for being here. You're very welcome. Catch us on iTunes. And we have a Facebook and a Tumblr and an Instagram and a Twitter. An easy search is like Hot Bad Pod. And also, if you have a Creep Corner story, we didn't read one on this episode, but a Creep Corner story, you can send to hotbadpod at gmail.com. That's where you write in to us your attraction to any villain ever, and we will just read it randomly at the end of an episode. You're going to get a whole bunch of R. Kelly ones after this. <laughs> well, for fictional villains. Oh. <laughs> I would never read an R. Kelly like pro R. Kelly thing. If you said it to me, I'll probably... R. Kelly erotica! I'll read it privately, but not on the episode. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, okay. Get permission from Dan. Bye! Bye!